You are listening to episode 502 of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. Have you ever wondered what Latino dish you would like to pass down to your kids and why? Well, we're kicking off Hispanic Heritage Month with a special two-part series celebrating our favorite comidas. In this part one episode, we'll explore the flavors of Argentina, Chile, Colombia, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Ecuador, El Salvador, and Guatemala. From the sizzling steaks and empanadas of Argentina to the aromatic spices of Cuban cuisine, we'll take you on a culinary journey across these vibrant cultures. Listen to Latina moms share their stories and connections to the delicious dishes they want to pass down. Whether you're a foodie or curious about Latin American cuisine, get ready to crave and celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month con sabor. Así que no te lo pierdas. Hola, hola. ¿Cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope the life is treating you kind. Welcome to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez. I am excited about today's episode because we are going to be talking food, one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> and I also got to tell you about my crazy week. But first, if you want to connect with me off the podcast, you can find me on Instagram at me legacy spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. Or you can check out all the fun resources at me legacy. If you receive my weekly newsletter, you know that I'm working on some big changes that are coming to the online course community that we have, but I am giving you the option to get grandmothered, grandfathered in, if you know what that means, at the current rate of $97. So that's going to happen until the end of Hispanic Heritage Month, so until the end of October of 2023. After that, the course community, the VIP community, will be $497. We have lots of big changes coming to the course community that's going to help you raise bilingual children and it's really going to help support your children as well. So I'm really excited about everything that's happening behind the scenes. If you have any questions, you can always send me a direct message via Instagram and I'll be happy to answer them. Let me tell you about my crazy week. So Victoria, my eight-year-old daughter, started hockey and we've had a little bit of hockey drama because it's just been that type of week. But all good. We have everything sorted out now with the team. So she's playing on a good team and we'll see. We're going to be having a lot of traveling and tournaments and stuff. So fingers crossed, but nada, palante, palante. I got to tell you, it's been a crazy week because it's been mostly on social media. It's been kind of nutty. So I had a couple things happen this week. One of my reels went viral for me anyway. So it has like almost 200,000 views, which is like unheard of for me anyway. And when you get that many views, you start getting like weird people. <laughs> you start getting like weird people commenting or people just get really offensive or offended and they start being not very nice. And so anyway, I just had to like kind of deal with that a little bit. Pero nada, you know, all good, all good. Yo no le presto mucha atención. And honestly, the goal of the post and the goal of really everything that I do is to bring attention and to bring awareness to bilingual parenting and raising and the benefits of bilingualism and the benefits of having and raising children connected to their roots, whatever their roots are. So yes, that was like this whole or deal. And then on top of that, uh, We Are Mitub had this post on Instagram about the Dominican Miss Universe not speaking Spanish. Now, let me just say, I don't watch pageants. I haven't watched Miss Universe thing in a long time. They kind of like throw the fishing line, the bait to like reel you in. So I hadn't watched it. So I didn't know like all the details, of course, until after <laughs> lesson learned, until after I commented, right? 
So the post is really like, do you think there's this debate? Do you think that Miss Universe that's representing the Dominican Republic, should she speak Spanish? And I was like, yes, if you're Dominicana and you're representing the Dominican Republic, then you should speak Spanish. And so what I had posted was because people were like, no, she doesn't have to. That's not the native language. They went down like this whole like rabbit hole of just like really, really like going into colonization and native languages. I mean, it's a good conversation to have, but it just got really heated, like really quick because what I said, because I flipped the coin and what I said was that if we had an American Miss Universe that did not speak English, that only spoke French or German or any other language, how would we feel if she's doing interviews? So then people were like, well, what if she's Latina? She's still representing the U.S. And what if she's Latina and doesn't speak English? And I'm like, listen, my mom doesn't speak English. Okay, I'm a bilingual Latina. And would I feel the same? No, I'm not on that platform. So if you're a Latina and you're on that big scale of a platform, I do think that you should speak English. Even if it's bad English, at least try. I mean, don't just not try. So anyway, back to the Dominican Miss Universe. It turns out that she is learning Spanish, that she does speak some Spanish. So it's all good. And it also turns out that the Miss Universe pageant doesn't require them to speak the language of the country that they represent, which is like kind of ridiculous if you ask me, because I'm like, well, but anyway, point taken. Don't watch pageants. And if you do, do not comment about them on social media porque te vas a meter en un problema y en una pelea. So, all good. All good. All good. Sin complicaciones. Sin complicaciones. All good. Life's too short. Hay que reír, gente. Hay que reír. And that was yesterday or two days ago. Last week. Tan el pasado. You can't change what you said. You can't. And I still stand by it. I still say that if she's representing the Dominican Republic, she should at least speak Spanish. And she is trying. So that's the end of that. We are kicking off Hispanic Heritage Month with a very fun two-part episode about one of my favorite subjects, food, food, food. Now, I will say that I am not including Bolivia or Costa Rica, and it's not because I don't love you guys. I don't love you Bolivianos, Costarricenses, but it really is because I haven't interviewed any Latina moms from Bolivia or Costa Rica. So if you are a Latina mom from Bolivia or Costa Rica and you are raising or trying to raise bilingual children and you would love to share about your food and cuisines and culture and all that good journey that you're in, I would love to interview so you can reach out to me and I'll have you on the show and I'll add Bolivia and Costa Rica to this episode. I also want to put out this disclosure that the information that you're going to listen to and that I gathered was gathered via the internet, the interwebs, Wikipedia, other websites. So If you feel that there is any information that is incorrect, by all means, please send me a message. Email me. You can email me at contact at milegacy.com. You can check your show notes, my contact information. The link will be there. Or you can send me a direct message on Instagram. I'll be happy to make any changes or make any corrections if there are any mistakes. Today, we're diving into the vibrant world of Latino foods. Now, for parents, this journey into Latino cuisine can be also a 
wonderful way to raise bilingual children. Cooking and sharing meals inspired by these cultures can create opportunities for language learning, to share and appreciate culture, to enrich your connection with your children, and to really build memories and connections and learn about traditions. I really hope that you like this episode. And I also want to ask you, what Latino dish would you like to pass down and why? Feel free to let me know on today's post on Instagram. Espero que te guste and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Argentine cuisine is a delightful fusion of cultures influenced by indigenous peoples who cherished ingredients like humita, potatoes, and yerba mate. Spanish colonial setters added Mediterranean flavors, while African influences came via the slave trade. The 19th and 20th centuries brought an influx of Italian and Spanish immigrants contributing dishes like pizza and pasta. Beef holds a special place in Argentine hearts, with annual consumptions averaging 100 kilograms. That's right, 100 kilograms per person. <laughs> Asado, the Argentine barbecue, is a beloved national tradition, but the cuisine is wonderfully diverse due to the country's vast area and cultural mix. Argentina's rich immigrant history has deeply shaped its cuisine. Argentinians are known for their love of food, often using meals as a way to connect with others. Sunday family lunches featuring asado or pasta are particularly cherished. Notable foods include empanadas, milanesa, asados with chimichurri sauce, my late Colombian father's favorite, and mate, a traditional South American tea enjoyed socially. Argentina is a top wine producer renowned for its Malbec, of course, perfect for those asados. Argentinian cuisine invites you to savor the essence of South America through its diverse and delicious dishes. I'm happy to have Argentinian mom and award-winning author Valeria Loe share her favorite dish to pass down. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? Asado, Argentinian barbecue. <laughs> Why? Because Argentinians eat a lot of meat. That's what makes us Argentinian, I guess. Don't tell me your kids are vegetarian. <laughs> no. Imaginas. <laughs> With cows. Yes. Yeah. So I would love for them to master the art of barbecuing Argentinian asado. Yeah. Cuando quiera me invita. You can listen to Valeria Loe's empowering full interview in episode 407, How Latinas Can Transform Their Mindset. Next up, we have Chile. Chilean cuisine is a fascinating blend of cultural influences and abundant natural ingredients. It's shaped by traditional Spanish recipes, indigenous Mapuche culinary practices, and later contributions from European cuisines, particularly German, British, and French. Chile's diverse geography and climates yield a wide range of agricultural produce, fruits, and vegetables. The country's extensive coastline supplies an array of seafood thanks to the Humboldt Current, bringing oxygen-rich water to its shores. Chile is also renowned for its wines. It is said that Dulce de Leche, also known as Manjar, was born in Chile and has made its mark on global cuisine. The Chilean cuisine draws some parallels with Mediterranean food, particularly in the Matorral region. Historically, Spanish conquerors introduced products like wheat, livestock, and wine, while native contributions included potatoes, maize, beans, and seafood. These ingredients laid the foundation for Chilean cuisine. Chile's cuisine evolved through the years, and in the early years of Chilean independence, empanadas, 
Tamales, chicha, and red wine became traditional staples during celebrations, a tradition still honored today at Independence festivities. Some notable platos include cazuela, porotos, pastel de choclo, machas a la parmesana, and empanadas. Chilean mom and Spanish teacher Fabiola Warner shares her favorite dish to pass down. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your children and why? So I've definitely passed down the tejas. My kids know exactly what it is. And <laughs> well, they eat daughter, it every week. So. They do, <laughs> and they love it. They love it. Especially because lentejas de un día para otro are even better. And so my daughter just learned to make them, actually. I mean, she's been eating them her whole life. But now last time we made them, she made them with my assistant. But she did the whole thing. So oh I definitely want my kids to know how to make lentejas and to cook that at their homes every week. <laughs> well, or as often <laughs> as they can, you know, but I hope that they carry that dish. That is a very Chilean dish to them with them. You can listen to Fabiola Warner's full interview in episode 425, How to Prevent Your Kids from Losing Their Spanish Once They Start School. Next up, we have one of my favorites, Colombia. Colombian cuisine is a delightful blend of indigenous Spanish and African influences, with a touch of Arab flair in some regions. Thanks to its incredibly biodiversity, Colombia is home to an extensive variety of ingredients shaped by its diverse landscapes and climates. Historically, Colombian food reflects the rich blend of indigenous and European traditions with the strong Afro-Caribbean influence. Arepas, my personal must-have food, made from ground corn, are a cherished Colombian dish while ingredients like rice, maize, potatoes, meats, and seafood dominate the cuisine. Colombian dishes vary by region, each offering unique flavors and specialties. Notable dishes include the hearty bandeja paisa featuring beans, rice, meats, and the kitchen sink, if you ask me, tucali sancocho de gallina, or chicken soup, and Bogota's beloved ajiaco. Colombia's diverse dishes cater to every palate. In coastal areas, you'll find spicy seafood creations and dishes like coconut rice or arroz con coco. It's yummy. The Amazonas region is in influenced by Brazilian and Peruvian traditions, while the Janos region serves up barbecued meats and river fish. You cannot talk about Colombian cuisine without mentioning natilla and buñuelos, a traditional Christmas holiday pairing que no pueden faltar en mi casa. Whether you're enjoying broiled guinea pig, that's right, guinea pig, in Nariño or tamales tolimenses in Tolima, Colombian cuisine is a flavorful journey that showcases the country's rich cultural tapestry and natural bounty. Colombian mom and Latina money expert Jen Hemphill shares her favorite Colombian dish to pass down, which I've never heard of. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your sons and why? If they only liked it. <laughs> I would... I really, bueno, a changua, no sé si a ti te gusta la changua, a mí me changua? fascina, changua es básicamente agua, leche con un huevo y cilantro oh. y sal y pimienta, I know, <laughs> but it's a piece of mi abuelita and it sounds like when I describe it, they're like watered down milk with an egg and salt and pepper, that doesn't sound but wait, 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 the egg, wait, wait, we have to, we have to decipher this because I don't know, I've never heard of this and I'm from Colombia, es más del campo, yo creo, <laughs> 
Pero el huevo, que ¿Es un huevo duro, un huevo frío? No, un huevo, un huevo se tira en, al, al agua y como Crudo. el agua ya está caliente, ajá, se cocina así. Y hasta mi abuelita le echaba, bueno, you know, un huevo revuelto y le echaba yo creo que era harina. Entonces cuando lo echaba a la changua, it was, became kind of a breaded egg. It was so, I don't, I haven't been able to do that yet. But I think it's because that's a piece of mi abuelita and mm -hmm. I, I hold her so dear to my heart. So that's like part of my memories and for me to just pass that on to them if they would actually eat it. <laughs> I love it. It's just a un caldo. Tú oh, comes caldo funny. con papa, ¿cierto? Sí. Pero, sin pero, la papa. Le echa le pero le echa leche. Exacto. Oh my God. I have to Google this. I have to Google this. I seriously have to Google this. I'm going to ask es my mom. más del campo, I think. Mi, mi abuelita era campesina. Yo creo que es eso. How I don't know. funny. How funny. Okay. Yeah. And if and if they don't like that one, what, what's like the second one? <laughs> I would say arepa. They'll eat that. You know, arepa de choclo. Mm. Uy, me fascina. Hasta yeah. quiero una hora. Yeah. I would love to have one right now. You can empower yourself financially with Jen and listen to episode 431, Three Habits for Latinas to Build Money Confidence. Next on our cuisine journey is Cuba. Cuban cuisine blends Spanish, African, Caribbean, and indigenous influences, resulting in a mix of flavors and cooking techniques. There are also minor influences from China and Italy, especially in Havana. The main factors shaping Cuban cuisine include Spanish colonization, indigenous Taino culture, African influences from slavery, and French culinary traditions from nearby Haiti. Being an island with tropical climate, seafood and abundant fruits and root vegetables play a significant role in Cuban dishes. A typical Cuban meal often Often includes rice and beans either cooked together known as congri, one of my favorites, or separately as arroz con frijoles or moros. One iconic Cuban dish is the Cuban sandwich made with roast pork, serrano ham, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard on Cuban bread. Another popular dish is ropa vieja, which features shredded flank steak in a tomato sauce base, often served with black beans and rice. Now, I gotta tell you, growing up in Hialeah with a mostly Cuban population, I can tell you that my personal Cuban favorites are los pastelitos de guayaba con queso from Vicky Bakery and a colada, which if you don't know what a colada is, it is a strong AF black sweet coffee that will keep you up for months. <laughs> Now, let's not forget mojitos and Cuba Libres, please. Cuban mom and the author behind the books and TV series, Marivi, the master navigator, Maria Twina, shares with us her favorite dish that she's already passed down. Check it out. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your daughter and why? Oh, I already passed it down and she makes it all the time. Picadillo, which is mm. like rice with picadillo favorite. So what is picadillo for those that do not know? I know what picadillo is. Yeah, so picadillo is basically a ground meat dish where the trick, according to my mother, is to mix equal amounts of pork, turkey and red meat. And you make a sazon with onions and garlic and green peppers, et cetera. And then you cook this meat and it becomes very, you know, you break it down into teeny, teeny pieces and you pour it over rice and you throw two fried eggs on top or some black beans on the side and you've got arroz con picadillo. Delicious. Now, question, because everybody makes it different and makes it differently. Yeah. Con pasas o sin pasas? Oh, yeah, that's the million dollar question because my mom always puts raisins in hers, right? And some people like my daughter doesn't like raisins, so she always takes them off. So, yes, that's the million dollar question. I would say con pasas. Oh, funny. 
You can listen to Maria Twina's full interview in episode 467 to get a closer look at her books and TV series and why they should matter to you. This episode is brought to you by The Language Grove. Are you looking for a preschool that offers your child a unique and enriching learning experience in Spanish? Well, let me introduce you to The Language Grove. Nestled in the heart of North Hills, California, San Fernando Valley, The Language Grove believes in instilling the love of learning in each of their unique students where creativity and curiosity take center stage. Children get to experience their Spanish immersion program led by fluent native speakers. Little minds step into their outdoor classroom where nature becomes a third teacher, providing a rich academic and nurturing experience. The Language Grove embraces child-based learning, nurturing their natural curiosity, and fostering a lifelong love of discovery. Whether your child is 18 months or six years old, they have a program tailored to their unique developmental needs. Don't wait and join the community of learners at The Language Grove, the only all-Spanish immersion preschool program located in North Hills, California. Get 10% off tuition for the first six months when you mention the Latina Mom Legacy. Visit thelanguagegrove.com to learn more about their curriculum, philosophy, and to schedule a tour. The Language Grove, where learning comes alive in Spanish. Next, on this yummy journey of food, we have the Dominican Republic or La República Dominicana. Dominican cuisine is a delicious fusion of Spanish, Taino, Indigenous, Middle Eastern, and African influences. Recent culinary additions come from the British West Indies and China. Key aspects of Dominican food include a substantial midday meal featuring, quote, la bandera, a dish consisting of white rice, red beans, and meat-like beef, chicken, pork, or fish, often served with a side of salad. Sounds delicious. Dominican dishes incorporate diverse ingredients such as yuca, cassava, and plantains, influenced by the Taino culture. The Spanish colonization brought in spices like vanilla and nutmeg. The island's proximity to Cuba and Puerto Rico also results in shared dishes such as asopao, majarete, and mofongo. Dominican cuisine has an array of flavors with dishes like chicharrón de pollo, pico y pala, hello, chicken feet and necks, <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> and guisados. Breads like pan de agua and soups like sancocho de siete carnes are popular. Rice is a staple often served in dishes like moro de habichuelas, rice and beans, and locrio, a type of chicken and rice. Desserts in the Dominican Republic include flan, habichuelas con dulce, which are actually pretty yummy. They're sweet beans with kind of like condensed milk, and bizcocho dominicano. If you haven't heard of Mama Juana, well, it's enough to get you drunk off of one sip. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Dominican mom and founder of Lady, a maternity and mom's high fashion label, shares with us her favorite dish to pass down. Okay, what Latino dish would you like to pass down to your boys or to your kids and why? Oh, my boys grew up on our traditional food, which is we call the bandera. Oh, what's and that? It's, it's it's like uh they call it saucy chicken it's like chicken that you make in, in spanish it's called pollo guisado mm -hmm. it has like a lot of sauce and then it takes a while to cook it on, mm -hmm. on the stove and we we make that with rice white rice and beans mm -hmm. and it has a side of uh, like platanitos or something like that of uh, tostones and they grew up ever since they were babies we were feeding them our food like what we what we eat and that's like their favorite food so my kids ask for that and they love it so much even now that we're trying to give them healthier foods no mm -hmm. rice and like right. trying to get them to eat more vegetables and all those things they yearn for their white rice and their beans <laughs> and their <laughs> so i think i would i would definitely pass that on to them so they can cook it for themselves 
For a candid conversation about racism in America, you can listen to episode 212, A Black Latina Mom's Perspective on Race in America. Next on the list of cuisine is Ecuador. Ecuadorian cuisine is a delicious fusion of Spanish, Indian, Amazonian, Italian, Lebanese, African, and Chinese influences. Each region has its own unique culinary traditions. Food in Ecuador is more than just sustenance. It's a celebration of culture and togetherness. Families gather for hearty meals that bring generations together. Some of the most loved Ecuadorian dishes include ceviche, hornado, patacones, yapingachos, which are like potato patties, seco de chivo, fanesca, and an abundance of fresh fruits like granadilla, passion fruit, and naranjilla. Ecuadorians follow a cherished dining tradition with three-course meals, soup, a main course with rice or pasta and a protein, and a sweet ending with dessert or coffee. Starchy delights like potatoes, bread, rice, pasta, and yuca play a central role in Ecuadorian cuisine. These staples can be found in sopas or as hearty sides that complement every dish. Ecuadorians enjoy a range of beverages from aguardiente to canelazo, a warming drink made with aguardiente. Drinkable yogurt, often paired with pan de yuca, which is kind of like pan de bono, provides a refreshing contrast. You also have pinol and colada morada that offer unique flavors. Something interesting is that Ecuadorian Chinese fusion cuisine is known as chifa, and it's a blend of Chinese and Ecuadorian flavors. The Middle Eastern also had its influence brought by Lebanese immigrants, and it's evident in dishes like shawarma and yogurt drinks known as yogures persa. Ecuadorian cuisine is a journey through history and culture, where every dish tells a story and every meal is a celebration of Ecuador's rich culinary heritage. Ecuadorian mom and Spanish teacher Ana Yavorsky shares with us her favorite Ecuadorian dish to pass down. Check it out. Here's another one. What traditional Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why? Ah, patacones y cafecitos. (laughs) Ay, pero qué rico. The fried plantains and cafe. I mean, because it's not just the food. You know, for me, uh, patacones con cafe, it's a sit down with the family to chat. How was your day? What do you do? Why are you upset? Where, what what happened to you in your day? Did you do this? Why didn't you do that? So the patacones and cafecito for me brings conversations. So essentially, it's a tradition from your upbringing. So that's nice. You want to pass that tradition down to them. Yes. No. Okay. Right now, her, her, I can't tell, her daughter? Yeah, that's my daughter. It's Mia. Yeah, when, when we are not at the studio, they are usually with me. Uh, my two little ones, I just carry them with me all over. Hola, Mia. Dígale hola. Hola. Diga, pues diga hola. Ella hola. se llama Miss Jani. Hola, Miss Jani. Hola, pero tu español está muy bueno. Sí. ¿Tú cuántos sí. años tienes? Nueve. Um, <risa> ¿Tienes Tres. nueve? Tres. <risa> Tres. Tres. Tres años. Qué linda. bendiga. You can listen to one of my first episodes with Ana in episode 002, Raising Multiple Bilingual Children, Ecuadorian Traditions, and Spanish Playdates. 
Next on our list of countries is El Salvador. Salvadoran cuisine is a flavorful journey through El Salvador's history, blending mostly indigenous foods with Spanish and Eurasian influences. At the heart of Salvadoran cuisine lies the pupusa, a thick handmade tortilla filled with cheese, chicharrón, refried beans, or loroco, which is like an edible flour. Pollo encebollado, chicken simmered with onions, is also another favorite. Mmm, yuca frita, deep-fried cassava root, often served with curtido, which is kind of like a slaw, or not a coleslaw, but I guess like a slaw, and chicharrón is also popular. El Salvador also has many different types of tamales and sopas. Desserts include semitas, quesadillas salvadoreña, and empanadas de plátano. When it comes to drink, licuados, ensalada, a fruit drink, and tamarindo are all popular choices. Listen to these two Salvadoran moms behind Binibi, Ana Guzman and Luciana Yarri, share their favorite Salvadoran dishes to pass down. Okay, Ana, what Latino dish would you like to pass down to your daughter and why? 100% pupusas. I didn't have to think about that. Like pupusas <laughs> are like the Salvadoran like delicacy dish. I've learned to make them, especially in the pandemic because I could not go to El Salvador. And yeah, they're amazing. Like it's like, a, I don't know if you're familiar with pupusas, but they're sort of, sort of like arepas. I would argue better, but like there might be some controversy on that one, but they're stuffed with like cheese and beans and um, and really anything you want. And, and you make them, they're made out of like corn masa and stuffed with all these good things inside. And I want her to love them. I have a question. I have a question about pupusas. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you're right. They are like like arepas. But when you say stuff, because I've seen them do like the cheese with the masa. But when you stuff them with like frijoles or whatever you want, do you like actually like stuff the masa when you close them? Or or is it like, does it go on top of the pupusa? Oh, they're inside. So you do the dough and you like sort of roll it out. You put it here and then you like fold over and press. Oh. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's inside. Yeah. Good. I haven't had a stuffed pupusa yet. Oh. <laughs> not yet. Amazing. Not yet. Amazing. Yeah. Luciana, what about you? What would you like to pass well, down? Well, I was to gonna you? say pupusas, but I guess I guess since <laughs> I don't want to give the same answer, I love platano fritos. Mm. They're amazing, um, and Ale loves them. I've seen him <laughs> for breakfast a couple of times a week, and he loves them. Um, so it's just you can take the plantain, and honestly, for him because he's so young, I bake them instead of fry them so mm-hmm. that they're a little healthier. And you can put a little bit of sugar and cinnamon on top and it'll caramelize. And they're amazing with frijoles and an egg for breakfast. They're great. There's, uh, Latinos are amazing. All the things we can do with platanos. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to eat the, the, the platano maduro in the oven, but you cut it open, put butter and quesito. Like oh, put, <laughs> yeah. Or amazing. quesito and guayaba. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can listen to the founders of Beanie Bee, a bilingual children's book company, Anna and Luciana, in episode 331, How to Go from Idea to Creation, to take a behind-the-scenes look at how this mom-owned publishing company came to be. Next up, we have Guatemala. Guatemalan cuisine is a delicious blend of Maya and Spanish influences with a focus on corn, chiles, and beans as essential ingredients. Historically, maíz has been a staple in Guatemala, cultivated for centuries. Hot chocolate has deep roots, considered a luxury item, and even used as currency by the ancient Mayans. Spanish colonization introduced pork and beef in the 16th century, supplementing local sources like turkey, poultry, and fish. Guatemalan cooking often skips cooking oil, relying on 
direct heat or leaf wrapping like tamales. Tamales are a highlight with countless variations. They're often wrapped in green masan leaves and feature unique masa and filling ingredients. Tamales colorados are red due to tomate and achiote, while tamales negros are dark and sweet with chocolate and dried fruits. Tamales de elote use sweet corn instead of masa, and chuchitos are just smaller and firmer. And they are delicious. <laughs> Guatemala has dishes like tapado, which is like a seafood soup, pepian, which is chicken stew, chiles rellenos, gallo and chicha, or hen stew, and many more. Rice dishes like arroz frito and arroz con pollo are also common. Dessert ranges from pastel de banano or banana cake to atol de lote, which is like sweet corn atole. Guatemalan mom and mom money boss Natalia Segoviano gives an honest answer about sharing her Guatemalan dishes. Check it out. What is one traditional Hispanic dish that you'd like to pass down and why? Oh, that's a hard one. Okay, because I don't really cook much. <laughs> um, but honestly, I mean, for me, one of my favorites and my home favorite is milanesa. That's like one of the favorite ones that I can actually cook. Like I, the carne? Uh-huh. Well, I don't do it with carne. I do it with pollo because mm. I'm not a big fan of meat, but I do pollo and it's, it's easy. You know, you do the breading, you put it cook a little bit and it's fine. But yeah, I'm not a big cook. That's actually one thing about me that I'm trying to be improved on. So my, my mother-in-law, I been asking her for help teaching me how to cook and she's the one that now has taught me how to make arroz de cilantro and she's taught me how to make lentejas and she's taught me how to make mulitas like all these things that I never you know my mom was a single mom and she worked full time and she had three kids including a son who has disabilities and so she didn't cook you know we had somebody that came into the home and helped us with that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how to cook you know I had a very different upbringing and a, a very different you know trajectory where my mom emphasized to my sister and I go to school get an education and work And so we never were taught anything else other than literally to work and go to school. That was our job. And so I never learned to cook <laughs> and I'm still learning now. So, but I do love eating it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Eating is so good. <laughs> Thank you, Natalia, for your honesty and reminding us that while food is a huge part of our Latino culture, it doesn't have to define us or what we pass down. And there is always room to learn more. For a two-part episode on how you can build a financial foundation and build generational wealth, listen to episode 303 and 304 with Natalia and me. Note that you can now follow Natalia on Instagram at chapina.buildingwealth. As we conclude this mouthwatering journey through Latin American and Caribbean cuisines, let's savor some key takeaways, especially relevant to bilingual parenting. One, sharing the flavors of your culture with your children not only delights their taste buds, but also deepens their connection to their heritage languages. Two, exploring the rich diversity of Latin American cuisines can be a fun and educational way to introduce new words, phrases, and cultural insights in multiple languages. Three, remember that food isn't just about taste. It's about the stories and memories it carries. Use mealtime as an opportunity to share family anecdotes and practice language learning. Four, celebrate your cultural roots through the dishes you love, making it an enriching bilingual experience for your children. And finally, remember to celebrate your cultura year-round and not just during Hispanic Heritage Month. Thank you for joining us in this celebration of Comida Latina, where language and culture blend harmoniously. Stay tuned for part two, where we'll continue continue our culinary journey and explore more ways to enhance bilingual parenting and listen to more Latina moms. If you liked today's episode, be sure to follow and leave a positive review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For additional resources, including Latino cookbooks and yummy recipes, visit your show notes on your podcast platform or thelatinamomlegacy.com. Hasta la próxima. Chao, chao.